Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaosium. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. Thank you for joining us tonight with the Old Ways Podcast. My name is James, and I will actually be your keeper tonight. I know I'm not the usual voice that you come to expect, but believe you me, he is here and representing, as they say. So tonight, we're going to have a little bit of fun. We're going to have some funny times. We're going to maybe play some games. And we'll just we'll just kind of shake loose and see how it turns out. I hope you guys like popcorn. So in our first position. Hi, this is Mike. You normally know me as Keeper Michael, but tonight I'll be playing in the role of Derek Muller. All right. Nice to meet you, Derek. And next in the lineup would be a voice I'm sure you all know quite well. Hi, this is Jake, and I'll be playing Scotty Rausch, a former uh, electronic repair technician. Oh, I'm sure that'll come in handy. And sitting next to him at this floating virtual table. Hey, y'all. I'm Rena. I am normally either your storyteller or Lady Elizabeth, but tonight I will be playing Renata Wojcik, a photographer of some renown. Renown? Wow, bringing renown to the table. Hold on now. And lastly, but definitely not leastly, as we all, as we are fond of saying. Hi, this is Ali, and I am playing Kira Lemon. Let's kick this shindig into overdrive. The entire world stopped and watched with fascination and awe, as a five-man dive team delved deep beneath the Atlantic. Speculation ranged from the mundane to the bizarre on what they would find. Either way, you and everyone across the globe followed the live streams for days. Reachers, researchers at Miskatonic University promised the unveiling of an ancient sunken temple. They did not disappoint. There were no words to really describe the awe that you experienced when the temple first came into view. But it's a sight that you'll never forget. The incident, however, is one that will forever haunt your waking dreams. Five divers went down there. Communications went dark. Nearly a week later, on April 11th, 2020, only one man returned to the surface. The pod of Joaquin Morales was recovered off the coast of Massachusetts. The biggest mistake man ever made was bringing him ashore. Then again, how are we supposed to know what he brought back with him? So it's been a little over two years now since that fateful day. The effects of this event, what was quickly called 41120, were evident. Some were subtle, some not so. Shortly after the pod was opened, something escaped. They don't know if it was a gas, a fungus, a particulate in the air. But a yellow of the skies turned over hours, from blue to a disgusting mustard bruise yellow. 
and they haven't cleared yet. They're still yellow. Sunlight is hazy. Gives you that headache that you get on a truly gray and hazy day when the sunlight is too diffused to be useful. At night, they glow a velvety purple that undulates across the sky in in the same way that food undulates down a snake's belly as it's swallowing it. Within hours of the of the clouds release from this pod that was supposed to contain just a diver. Wendy. No. The infection spread globally. The vast majority of the population immediately descended into madness. Screaming horrible madness. You could hear it outside your windows as people ran through the streets, burned each other alive, ate each other. Within 24 hours, the population of the globe had self-sabotaged themselves into near extinction. It was a nightmare to say the least. There are three rough classifications of people. There's the uninfected, people who've not had seemingly any negative issues from the yellow schmutz in the sky, this yellow miasma that clings to everything. Those seem to be the lucky ones. You are one of the lucky ones. Then there's the infected. They seem to have lost their minds, to put it lightly. The pleasing light of sanity has tiptoed away and is taking its own coffee break and is showing no signs of coming back on the clock anytime soon. And then there's what you've come to think of as the cultists, people who mumble with religious fervor, claiming to worship a a being of of enlightenment and beauty. You don't know a lot about them because anyone who generally gets too close to them is either never heard from again or worse. The four of you are currently living in, well, what could be described in in a post-apocalyptic setting as an idyllic community. In January of 2020, Illinois Department of Travel funded the construction of a rail, a new train station and a new rail yard just outside or at the edge of Harvard, Illinois. Concrete building at the time was actually lampooned online because of its blocky and fairly unattractive construction. However, post 4.11.22, you are now finding it its blocky construction and its thick walls to be incredibly useful as it now houses 47 lucky souls, of which you four are part of the 47, as well as a couple of loved ones here and there that you have managed to help save and keep close to you in this small, tight-knit community. You have, to your knowledge, some of the only running vehicles currently that you've seen in a long time. Sure, you have a slew of bicycles and trailers to attach to them, but you have actually three vehicles, one van, one truck, and one small car, all who have been converted to run on biofuel. One of the older members of your community, he he knows how to run or how to create biofuel, and you guys are lucky enough to have him. He has become something of a treasure. So the day starts, as days often do. The sound of people outside. The sound of yelling, but not scared yelling. More communal yelling. Hey, bring me those. Do we have any lumber left? Where are the ten penny nails? Bring me some wire. 
Derek, you are roused from your slumber as you were up fairly late last night. In fact, all of you were. Last night was something of an event. You had new people enter the community and they brought supplies. Three new people. All right. One of them is named Jason, a middle-aged man. He seemed to be the impromptu leader. There was a man named Walter, older gentleman, who's quite nice, thick thick glasses. He seemed to be having some memory issues, but seemed, seems fairly knowledgeable. And a woman named Sandra. She's quite tight-lipped, actually. They arrived early, early yesterday. Their vehicle was actually an electric vehicle and they had a small trailer on the back vehicle puttered up to the gates pretty much on its last battery they pounded on the door got the attention of the people who were standing sentry at the time Renata you actually were standing guard at the time just as lookout guard as one of those people they offered food some food, dried food. They offered water. And they said that they had some fairly inter- interesting information to trade in order for some extended lodging. They were welcomed in by the communal elders and brought to the council room. You don't really want to use it, the term council room. It actually was an old boardroom in the train station used for probably executives to sit and talk about local train business. But now the council gets together and makes community decisions. The decision was made after hearing the information, after hearing information that the three brought in to choose four people to leave Harvard Yard. The four people that were chosen were Constance, Audra, Caitlin and Klaus. They were given a flatbed truck and enough fuel to get them about 300 miles. There was very tight-lipped. The council was very tight-lipped about what they were doing. Did any of you press for information from your loved ones or close associates? Renata definitely did. I mean... Audra's her wife, so she's not going to just let her spouse go off into the wilds without at least trying to get some information from her. All right, so Renata flags down Audra. While you, the other three of you, are watching and helping pack the truck with some supplies, some travel supplies, Renata, you pull Audra aside. She gives you a a very big hug and a kiss on the forehead. I will be fine. I don't know where you're going. I don't know how long you're going to be gone. You're the only person I have left. You can't just leave me with all of these questions. You can't do that to me. I'm not supposed to tell you where we're going, but she looks both ways. You know, I can't keep things from you. So we're going north. Wisconsin. There's a a small community up there, and outside the community was, I don't know, he said an an abandoned something, an abandoned facility or something, but they're supposed to have water, food, and possibly stable diesel fuel. We're running out of medicine here. He said it was a... She leans back into the thing and looks at 
Klaus. Klaus, what, what, what'd she say? Klaus leans out. <laughs> it was a carnival. <laughs> We're going to the circus. He leans back in. That sounds like crazy talk. A circus, a carnival. At the end of the world. What the fuck, Audra? He said it was abandoned. So it's just sitting there. And who's going to raid a carnival for supplies? Walmart, sure. A Target, okay. Saks Fifth Avenue, I don't know. I've never been to one, but it's possible. But a carnival? I don't know. Vampires? Anything's possible. Uh, I know we need the I, I know we need the supplies and things, but why do you have to go? Why can't Why can't someone else go? Why do you have to? Other people are going, but they need brains to go with. Constance, Derek, your grandmother walks by and throws her a dirty look. <laughs> yeah, I told you your PhD would get you in trouble one of these days, even at the apocalypse. Constance hoists herself up into the cab of the truck. Come on, let's roll. Good luck, Grandma. Give me home, sweetheart. Of course, sweetheart. I'll see you soon. It's only a couple hours. We should be back by nightfall. All right. Audra smiles at those words and looks at you, Renata. See, back by nightfall. It's only a couple hours there and a couple hours back. You'd better be. Because if you if you're not, I'm not speaking to you for like a week. Okay. All right. Fair enough. You both know that's not true. Yeah, three days. Minutes. Seconds. Whatever. But I just kind of grab onto her hand really tightly for as long as I possibly can. She doesn't want to let go and reluctantly climbs into the cab uh, to sit next to Constance. Klaus leans over both of them and waves frantically at uh, Kyra. Bye, sis. Back in a bit. And of course, I'm just going to a fucking grin at him and flip him off because that's what I do every time he leaves because this isn't the first time he's gone on a mission and it's just our way of showing affection in a weird twisted way because we only have each other anymore. Sure. Lastly, the one of the group or one of the community one of the people who regularly does security it's known her job is security Caitlin She's very nice. She's very soft-spoken and it is a well-known fact that she is not the person with whom to fuck. And she she walks by and uh, she kind of she wraps her uh, one arm around Scotty's dome and gives him a, a gentle noogie before you know, patting him on the head and walking over to the truck. Caitlin, you you're going to come back, right? I'm going to come back. There's no reason for going for supplies if I'm not going to come back. Right. Yeah. I, I know. I just, I just want you to come back. That's all. I know. Don't worry. I've dealt with a lot worse than this on duty. So be back in a few hours. She nods, closes the door. You hear the engine turn over and that disgusting, greasy smoke pours out of the back of the Jeep. Or out of the back of the truck. You've actually come to enjoy that smell because it usually means that shortly after you're going to have food, water, and medicine. 
but now it send it fills you with a very mixed sense, a very mixed feel of loss and possibility. Or it did yesterday. When you wake up today, each of you similarly, one by one, is it occurs to you the same thing in one form or another. Renata, with you, you wake up in the morning and you put on your ring and you realize that the other ring is missing. Still. Kyra, you wake up in the morning and or you're walking across where you live and you kick, you trip over a large pair of gaudy ass sneakers and you instinctively grab them, pick them up and turn to yell to where your brother is usually sitting and reading and tell him to put his damn shoes away. But he's not there. His book is sitting on his seat, open to whatever page he was reading from. Scotty, Caitlin does not walk back through the door that night. You know because you were sitting and watching the door. You, you, you tried not to. You tried to do some other stuff, but it was hard not to. And finally, Derek, you get up in the morning and you will, as you usually do, go to the community hall and grab a little bit of chow. And it's eggs and it's bacon. But there are no biscuits. And there are supposed to be biscuits. Not that you take them for granted, but damn it, they're supposed to be biscuits. Even at the end of the world, it's not hard to make biscuits. Which, wait a minute, that means grandma's not back yet. So, the four of you find yourselves sitting in the breakfast hall. More or less at a table by yourselves. I probably look fairly distant. There's no real windows to stare out of in here. Given we're behind massive concrete pillars and walls, but um, I mean, I don't know if it's enough to, to differentiate between all the other days where, eh, with all of you know such and such going on, you can really tell the difference. But um, I'm probably just a little gray, worried, like that extra layer of worried that you get on the top after it's been stewing for a few hours. Right. Renata's sitting across from Derek, probably, and she's just just twisting my wedding ring over and over, occasional sip of coffee or ersatz coffee, which is mostly what we have, and then just playing with it because we haven't been apart for more than a night ever since all of this started two years ago. And so the anxiety is kind of overwhelming. She lost her parents, Audra did. I lost my parents and my little sister with all of this. And so Audra is really all I have left. And I just, I'm freaking out inside and trying not to show it to everybody else because I know their family isn't back either. Uh, I look up from my food and probably say sort of to you, but sort of off between like towards a wall, maybe they didn't come back. I know. Believe me, I am very, very, very much aware that they did not come back. But but they'll they'll, they'll be okay. They will. I know. Caitlin will take care of them. Yeah. No, my uh, grandma's as hard as nails. 
but she's, she's getting close to 80. I'm not somebody who counts people out, especially after all we've been through, but it's hard not to worry. Yeah, what exactly counts as okay in the apocalypse, exactly? Yeah, okay is relative, right? And I find that Klaus usually keeps everyone in good spirits, but takes things seriously when it's time for that. So maybe there were road road trip games on the way, but I don't know what would have stopped him from coming home. Jerry walks into the room. You know his real name is Keith. Walks in with a large cup of coffee. It's all chipped and dented. So, well, they could have broken down. I'm sorry to eavesdrop, guys. But they they could have broken down. It's possible. I I hate to think it, because, I mean, I didn't make it my fault, but... You can't guarantee how long something's going to last. Everybody knows that. Maybe there's bad weather, or... I don't know. Maybe it took longer or was farther away and they had to stay the night somewhere. Well, the newcomers said that it was about three hours away. A little town called Rice Lake. I can't guarantee that they're okay. I can't, I can't even guarantee that, you know, they didn't break down. But what I can tell you is I got one more vehicle that I'm willing to, say, fill up with four concerned folks. Go make sure that those first four who are valuable members of the community and have our have our vehicle are okay. If that would put you guys' minds at ease. I'm going. Yep, I'm... Renata's already standing up. Like, I'm already standing up, just almost like a, a panther pouncing on just, oh, finally something I can actually do about it instead of sitting around worrying. That kind of energy. Reaches into his pocket, uh, his hoodie pocket or a jacket pocket and pulls out a set of keys. Now I kind of thought that that might be this might be the consensus. So I brought these. It's all gassed up and you got more than enough gas in a can in the back to fuel up the other vehicle and get yourselves back home if necessary. But no more than that because that almost completely depletes our resources. Speaking of folks, if you got a chance to bring some food, water, medicine, anything like that home, well, there's a reason that first group left, and we don't like to spread this around, but he kind of, he looks down at his coffee cup and swirls it a little bit. This here is the last of the coffee, and almost the last of our clean water. Oh God, a world without coffee. Yeah. I'm not sure that's a world worth living in. He doesn't disagree. He just... Kind of, he manages a weak smile. Wait, wait, were we really thinking about going out there? Well, you don't have to, but I'm not sitting around twiddling my thumbs waiting for my wife to get back. What if they need help? But Caitlin told me not to ever leave. And? She's not here. Yeah, I guess. Listen, if if they're stuck out there, maybe they got a flat. Maybe they got a flat an hour away. And it was nightfall and it was too late to go. And they could be hedging their bets whether or not someone's going to come get them or whether or not they can make it. I say we take the car and we go. I'm with Derek on this one. Renata's kind of slightly pacing back and forth. Pacing will not help. I stand up. 
I know, but I gotta be doing something. Jerry also hands a map to Renata, seeing that she needs clearly to do something with her hands. It's one of the old folded Rand McNally physics breakers where once you unfold it, it never actually folds back to that size again. He has unfolded it, so it is slightly not as well folded as it could be. And he, as he hands it to you, he says, I marked the route. I looked it up last, I looked it up this morning early and that should get you there and home. Appreciate that. Okay. Yeah. Let's just make it quick. Yeah. Let's go. Are you two coming or is it just going to be me and Derek? No, no, I'll come. I mean, it's, it's just a few hours there and back. I'm sure it'll be fine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It could be less than a few hours. Yeah, of course I'm going. He's my only family. Why wouldn't I go? With a silent nod between the four of you and an acknowledgement that you all share the same painful issue currently of missing a loved one and somewhat empty bellies as there wasn't a lot of breakfast food to be had, especially with no biscuits to draw it out. You are led out into the yard by Jerry the van is there. He has it gassed up. As he said, it's not running because that would be incredibly wasteful. He, he uh, pats the side of it. So hey, make sure you bring her back. She was the first one and I, uh, I kind of like her, huh? That's reasonable. Hopefully we'll bring her back nice and full of stuff. Oh, that would be even better. I tell you what. If you guys come back tonight with uh, this with this thing full here, well, I'll give you I'll give you triple rations. How about that? <laughs> he laughs. We'll make a cake, providing you guys bring back the stuff to make a cake. Someone on the other side of the yard goes, "Cake? Did I hear the word cake?" And you guys figure it's probably a fairly good time to leave. Yeah. Before we go, I get my uh, toolbox just in case they are broke down and need something worked on. Very good idea. Anyone else grabbing anything real quick before you go? grabbing my handgun and ammo because you don't know if they ran into trouble or not, so. Trouble does happen on the roads nowadays. And I'm getting my camera. It is still an important thing to document. Mm-hmm. Especially because your camera can offload images directly to flash drives and those are a dime a dozen. Yeah, I think if there's anything that Derek would bring with him it'd be his rucksack. That same stuff he would have used in South America... It's already packed. It's, right. see, he, he only takes it on trips. So it's a pick it up and go. It's his, his bug out bag. Pretty much. I got you. All right. With that, each of you grabs uh, or if you has your equipment or has what you have grabbed and climb into the van with that rolling slam of an 80s van door. <laughs> you all know that sound. The one that almost took your fingers off when you were like nine. You start the engine and off you drive north. The trip is by and large fairly quiet, actually. You, the route that Jerry has laid out on the map is actually fairly, let's say clandestine, but it doesn't take you through any large cities. Since 041120, the, the event, as some people call it. Larger cities sometimes are fairly dangerous, as large clumps of people in the best of times are dangerous. 
large clumps of insane people, triply so. So, after about almost exactly two hours of a driving, it's odd to be on the road for this long. It occurs to you as you drive. You haven't been in a car this long for quite a while. Even the sound of the car now seems a little odd. Not jarring, but you're having a hard time re-getting used to it, it, to a sound that used to be so ubiquitous, used to be everywhere. But now that rumble seems almost out of place, jarring to the countryside. You actually start seeing billboards, signs for a a place coming up uh, perhaps a perhaps it is in fact your destination a series of brightly colored signs on the side of the road um, those of you who have lived in the midwest and lived near chicago are immediately reminded of tommy bartlett and his water skiing robots which the signs are everywhere or anyone who's been out west and seen the signs for wall drug you, you see the occasional sign for carnival fun. Only a couple, not, not plastering the landscape. None of the signs are particularly new, so it's not like somebody just put them out, which is, you know, uh, slightly less worrisome for the lot of you. After another hour or so, and following the map as best as you can, you find the Barron County Fairgrounds the north end of a little town called Rice Lake, Wisconsin. And when I say little town, I mean this town has a Walmart, this town has one Lube Pros, and a small handful of restaurants. And that's about it. It is a one-horse town at best, with maybe a whole horse. The Barron County County Fairgrounds are a large oval with a parking lot that surrounds the north end of it like a crown. This parking lot has, as you pull into it, you see a truck and a trailer behind. Gray truck, a whitish gray truck with a what looks like a horse trailer. It's good that you got here when you did, as your fuel tank, by the way, is pretty close to actually empty now. You are definitely going to have to use that... um, that canister that's in the back of your vehicle. So, so great truck, horse trailer, the vehicle they took yesterday. Yes, that is the that is the vehicle that they took yesterday. Okay. So they made it here. That's a start. It's something, yeah. The windows of the truck are tinted on the sides. You have uh, that is a common trick that is actually used nowadays as tinted windows keep the people who have lost their minds from seeing into the vehicles, and that seems to cause less aggression. Uh, It was something that happened over the last six months before the fuel really began to run out, so most of the vehicles have that applied now. The trailer smells of animal feces, blood, mud, and something else. There's another smell there, too, as you guys get out of your van and your feet hit the part of the as- the cracked asphalt here. I look around. Seems to be the only vehicle in the parking lot. You can see off in the distance uh, the entrance to what looks like a closed carnival. The There's a large black iron fence around it. One of those 
thick security fences that unfolds out of the back of a truck. The hinges are a red color, like a reddish color, rust, perhaps. There is a obvious entrance point and a kiosk, but that's pretty much all you can see from this distance because it is still fairly, you you'd basically have to cross the parking lot to get to it. I'm going to get out of the car, but before I do that, I'm going to dip into my small stash of uh, surgical masks and gloves because we don't know what uh, bacteria or viruses or diseases might be around um, in anywhere that we haven't been to before. And since our medical supplies are pretty low, I'm going to take precautions to try and, and not get sick and take something, take an illness back to the to the community. So following the standard procedure for that. Very responsible of you. <laughs> Communal responsibility. You guys are headed towards the truck, I assume? Yeah, that's a fair assumption. Okay. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. The best place to start is there. All right. Who's approaching what on the truck? Whereabouts? I'm going back towards the cab because uh, Audra got into the back, so I'm going to go check where she was sitting. All right, so you're going into the cab. Um, Derek, you also headed up towards the cab, I assume, on the other side, or are you headed towards the back? I'm probably going to go towards the front, actually. Okay. Uh, Just because I want to see if there's any evidence of, you know, maybe somebody's sleeping in the cab or maybe somebody's sleeping one off <laughs> who knows right right they found some booze and they're just yeah they tuck it they tucked into one who knows so they you get up to the driver's side of the cab and uh renata you get up to the passenger side of the cab almost simultaneously in fact you can actually see each other the very rough outlines through the window tinting kaida and scotty are you being towards the back of the trailer, what are you, or back of the truck trailer thing here, what are you doing? I, I want to look in the trailer and see if they've, there's any supplies that have already been put in there, or maybe somebody's sleeping in there. I don't know. Okay. Kyra? So I'm going to move like past the vehicle and just kind of take a look around and see if there's anything like blood or anything like that that would have indicated a struggle. All right. So, because Derek and Renata get there first. Um, Renata, I'm going to assume that your anxiety to check the truck spurred you to walk probably a little faster than, than Derek did as Derek is approaching with just a touch of trepidation and caution. Oh, yeah, I'm, Renata, I'm yeah I'm Renata's all like, is my wife in there? Bitch, <laughs> best, best get on up out of here and I will cut somebody who hurts her. So you open the door first. A body falls out at your feet. Something oozes out of the side of its head. It's... uh, The cab wafts with a smell of copper that comes out of it and uh, a high-pitched, almost sweet stink. Do I recognize this body as I let out a yelp? You do not recognize this body. (sighs) That is the one thing that keeps you from... I, I, I would like a quick sanity roll, though, if you don't mind. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. Sanity is probably warranted there. Okay. I failed. 
You take one sanity. Okay. As Renata lets out a involuntary yelp as this body hits the ground with a disgusting thud, uh, like the sound of a wet sack of meat. You don't recognize this individual. He's an older man. Um, he's wearing a shirt, a mechanic shirt that says Gus on it. Um, he he has been dead for maybe a day. And if you look on the inside of the window, you notice that there's a blood spatter on the inside of the passenger window that matches the same blood spatter on the right side of his skull. Does it look like he was shot or something burrowed out of his skull? Like Seti eel style or? No, it looks like somebody grabbed him by the left side of his skull and repeatedly bashed the right side of his skull into the inside of the window until his skull gave in before the glass did. Shit. Are you okay? Uh, I think there's hostels in the area. Gotta be careful. I'm just gonna gently move away from the body. It's not any of ours. I don't know who... I'd... So I'm, of course, going to open the driver's side of the... the... Of course. you. The driver's side door is actually empty. There is no, there is no one in the driver's seat. Uh, you also instinctively make the a, a heart... A heart-dropping discovery, the ignition is also empty. Oh, shit. No keys. Scotty, at the back of the, the back of the trailer, you get that, uh, you, you rest, the, open the door, and a fluid, a thick fluid, dribbles out of the back of the trailer. It's pinkish, and some of it's moving. The smell that oh, that comes out is is far worse. You look, you, you squint your eyes and look in. You see on the upside three cases of bottles of water, all fresh, unopened, and wrapped in plastic. On the other side of this, you see two boxes of frozen hamburgers and two boxes of frozen hot dogs. Well, previously frozen hamburgers and previously frozen hot dogs. Now they're a ro- a robust insect colony, uh, both in and outside of the boxes. And then something in the back of the trailer moves. Scotty. Uh, 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 hello? A pair of eyes that you previously thought was just something light reflecting off of something moist blinks in the dark and then begins to charge at you. I'll, I'll let out a high-pitched scream. <laughs> okay, all three of you hear a high-pitched shriek as a high-pitched scream as Scotty backs away violently. Kyra, you are the only one who gets a clear view because you were perpendicular to the trailer, whereas Derek and Renata only hear the thunderous sound of something in the trailer approaching Scotty at high speeds. The doors, which had mostly swung closed again, explode open. A goat with long, pointy horns leaps out of the back of the tra- out of the back of the trailer and charges at Scotty at the last second it dips to the left and then runs off across the parking lot cloppity 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 wait we could eat that not just eat it we could milk it and make cheese 
That's very true. I step back to the back of the truck in the trailer. Hey, you all right? Yeah, yeah, I, it just scared me. That's all. Ooh, boy. Who wants a cookout, huh? <laughs> I mean, it looks like they found some stuff. At least the water is good. Oh, fuck. That's nauseating. Yeah, so is dying of thirst. Thanks for that, Derek. <laughs> You're such a ray of sunshine. I'm just trying to be practical here. Just trying to be practical. So they got to be inside then. But why would they go in there? Probably to hunt up resources. That's what this whole thing was about, at least as far as Grandma said. You think maybe they were carrying stuff out here, back and forth, and... Yeah. Hell, who knows? Maybe a couple of people tripped. There's probably no lights on in there, so maybe somebody tripped in the dark. Uh, why is the truck all the way back here? And why is there a dead guy in the front? If they were going to be loading it, they should have had it right in the, in front of the building. Right. Yeah. That is a little strange. Conserve steps. Yeah, whose body? Oh, oh my God. So, you stand in this parking lot, trying, obviously, all of you not to eye the large, dark fence filled with tents and other accoutrements. As you finally now take a look at the area beyond the fence... You can see buildings and shapes poking up in the distance. Um, a, a tall, twisted, looks some sort of house with multiple peaks and spires, all gaudily painted. You see what what you assume to be in the middle uh, looks like the top of a Ferris wheel, about the middle to the top of a Ferris wheel, um, two hundred feet tall if it's a foot. It, it is one of the it's one of the big bigger ones. You can see the very tip-top of red and yellow-striped conical, probably a carousel or a tilt-a-whirl, perhaps. The rest seems to be hidden by the fence and the tents, the, the, the tent, multiple tents that are inside the fence. You know, it's said that Tommy Bartlett owns Wisconsin. Well, this doesn't look like a robot world. No, it doesn't. This is something else. It's probably one of these places that pop up throughout the years and it just popped up and when, when when shit went down it just never collapsed what does gingerbread have to do with a windmill which is a Polish idiom meaning how the fuck is any of this relevant <laughs> I probably look at you a little weird I'm not sure what is relevant is there's clean water here and it's likely we can find our keys inside for this truck and trailer we're going to have to figure out where they went and we're going to need to find probably more gas or diesel. They said there was diesel in there, right? Yes, they did. Does the van run on diesel, though? Biofuels generally can run on stabilized diesel fuel. It would take a little bit of alteration, but Jerry has assured you that he can make it work. And if nothing else, they could find an old diesel. If they find enough diesel fuel, they can just find an old diesel vehicle and make that work. All right. So I guess what? Well, we're clearly going to have to go in. Yeah. I step into the back of the trailer and um, probably with more than a few crunches, find my way to some clean water. Crunches. There's a few squishes. And at least once your foot does that um, wet linoleum slide where you're like, and then you come back out. I just want to make sure we get a bottle of water that 
clean, sealed water for for everybody. I'm going to pass out a surgical mask to everyone as well from the pack. All right. So you guys are headed towards the entrance, I assume? Onwards and upwards. Yep, for sure. All right. So you get to said entrance. In the front of the, um, the entranceway, before you can enter, in fact, at all, you see a white kiosk has a small keypad on the right of red, yellow, and green buttons, much like an ATM keypad. There's a large screen in the middle. The screen is monochrome, you know, like an ATM one has that kind of ochre colored text. And who approaches first? Probably Renata. Okay. And I'm going to have my handgun ready because you never fucking know. Okay. You get inside uh, or you get up to the to the kiosk and it's the plastic on the outside is slightly dingy. The screen is blinking with just a yellow cursor and there's a small panel on the back that you would assume is a solar panel, but there are some cables that run off into the carnival itself. There are buttons to input things, but it doesn't really seem like there's any sort of input or output that you can, like, you tap the screen a couple of times, you push a few buttons, there's no response. The gate is open, it's one of the turnstile gates. Are there cameras around? Not that you see. You check the front gate, the wrought iron gate that's over it. There is a sign just inside the uh, the gate itself, a large yellow and red and blue sign. It says, Welcome to the Carcosa Carnival. It's very welcoming in that kind of 1950s, kind of a 1950s um, sign sort of way. There's multiple multiple lights that are like the little bulbs, the little round bulbs that highlight each letter. Some of them are burnt out, or not burnt out, but broken. Um, And of course, none of it is lit because there's no power here except for apparently to this little kiosk, which might be self-powered. Yeah, I think that that's probably like my, one of my first things, and maybe even for that matter, other people is, nothing else here seems power, but this kiosk has power. Enough to have a little blinking cursor. So something here has power. Keeper James. Yes. Can I take a picture of the carnival with the sign and everything with my camera? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep, you take a you take a picture of the of the sign. It is uh, through your lens, it looks broken and ramshackle. It, it, it kind of washes out the red and the blue. So you really only pick up these bright and faded yellows um the wrought iron gate seems more rusty through your lens um this this if you had to label this photo you would call it stark reality Uh, there's it's weirdly brighter than it should be Derek I'm gonna show him the picture on the camera's view screen this is what it should look like. Looks like a gloomy photo. I mean, yeah, there are a couple of 
But I mean, you know, nothing Photoshop couldn't fix with a PC that still works in power to run it in a civilization that cared. There's no way. You you kidding me? Who wants to pay two years of Adobe subscription? So I probably look a little quizzical here at the picture. I'm going to likely trust that her camera is in working order because I likely have seen them take a ton of photos with it before. Yes. You know she babies it, and uh, you know that she, with what little light the yellow skies allow, she lets it charge for a couple of days with a solar array that her and Scotty put together, so that it will eventually recharge with the shitty-ass batteries that you guys could find. Yeah, I'll just turn to Scotty and go, what do you make of this? this? I mean, is it internally powered, or is there something running here? And if we can get in this place, I sort of look towards the gate area. Should we give a shit? Well, uh, my guess is they might have like solar arrays or something. I mean, they already have some solar panels out there powering something. Okay. Yeah, maybe that's what does it. All right. Well, I guess what? We just go after it? We might as well. Might as well go in. I mean, they're probably in there, right? I don't see where else they would be. I fish into my bag and pull out a a solar-powered flashlight. All right. And so who goes through the turnstile first? The guy with the flashlight. Oh, right. Okay. Is it a mag light? Uh, No, it's probably not. It's probably a solar small, like, hand. Or a hand crank. One of the the hand the ones. Yeah. Yeah. I'm probably following Derek. He's got my light, but, you know, guns always come in handy. Okay. After Kira? Kyra? Renata. For sure. Renata. And then Scotty bring it up the rear. I'll dig into my pouch and pull out my uh, head fla- lamp. Okay. You guys, one by one. As you enter into the... Through the turnstiles into this empty, dusty area... All right, guys, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the building mystery that is the carnival. And I really hope you guys will enjoy us next time with episode two of our ongoing building snowball of insanity here. Thank you guys for joining us. Have a good night. <laughs>